0: Solutions, one-stop shop for all compliance-related services. Today I have with me Chris McNett. Chris is the Vice President of uh, ESG, or Environmental, Social, and Governance at State Street Global Advisors. And he's here to talk to us today about the recently released State Street ESG Institutional Investor Survey. He really has a lot of interesting um, issues and intersections with the compliance space, so I wanted to visit with Chris about the reasons behind the survey, the survey's key findings, how companies can adopt an ESG approach, the challenges to adoption, what ESG pathways look like and how they're evolving, and why accelerating ESG is so important for corporate performance. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Hello everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you back for another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today, I have with me Chris McDett. Chris is with State Street Global Advisors, who recently released the ESG institutional, excuse me, institutional investor survey, and we're going to visit about this today because it has uh, was really interesting. survey. It has a lot of implications for not only ESG, but really in the broader compliance and ethics space that we're going to visit about. So, uh, Chris, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and welcome.
1: You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, could uh, you tell the audience uh, who or what is State Street Global Advisors and what is your role with them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, State Street Global Advisors is the investment management arm of State Street Corporation which is really one of the largest financial services firms uh, in the world. And we're typically uh, managing investment assets for institutional clients across a a whole spectrum of different client types ranging from foundations and endowments all the way up to central banks or sovereign wealth funds. Um, Many of you may know us perhaps a little bit better from our brand of ETFs or exchange traded funds, which go by the name. We actually created the very first ETF. Uh, We're very proud of that. Um, That's a little bit about State Street Global Advisors. We're the investment management arm of State Street again. My role, I'm the head of the ESG business group at uh, State Street Global Advisors, or SSGA for short. So what that means is that I've got the the really exciting uh, role of um, working with our clients, uh and really um working with them and on their behalf to uh help them invest responsibly to enable economic prosperity and advance social progress whatever that may mean so for some clients if they're an endowment or a foundation they're really trying to fund breakthrough innovations if it's a pension fund they're really looking to provide uh, and manage assets provide uh, retirement benefits so their their retirees can retire with dignity and I'm fortunate to say that a lot of our clients are also looking to combine those goals with uh, with ESG or sustainability objectives. So I've got the fun role of working with them and my counterparts here at SSGA to, to help them do that.
0: Well, Chris, the reason I think your role and SSG's role is so important and why I really uh, appreciate not only what you guys do, but uh, the willingness to talk about it is, I think if we're going to have real change in a corporate America, it's going to be- become, come from folks like you, uh, companies like uh, SSGA and your investor class who really want to impact change. And uh, here we're going to talk about sustainability in ESG, but it's in a a, bar- a variety of issues. You touched on just a few, but I really applaud you guys for going out there and hel- helping corporations understand there are different ways to look at things, and there's certainly different ways uh, to do things, which uh, I would agree that, or at least I would argue, they're they're better. So, with that, uh, could you maybe tell us a little bit about the uh, institutional survey? Uh, what was the thought behind it, and uh, what uh, do you think it brings uh, information to the table?
1: Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So this was a uh, broad global survey that um, we released uh, um, last month, uh, and it comprised uh, responses from more than 475 institutional investors around the world. So, really nice uh, representation of, of investors uh, in terms of regions and different type, types of investors as well. Uh, and it really zeroed in on uh, ESG investing, and in particular, what ESG uh, investing means to them. And their own strategies and their goals. What are the what's their experience been? What are the opportunities that they're exploring? Uh, and as importantly, what are some of the the challenges that we're trying to deal with uh, that we could perhaps help them with? I mean, ESG investing, as as you just mentioned, has become uh, a really vital feature of many institutional investor strategies over recent years. So we're really trying to. Uh, build a picture of the evolving role of ESG and in investment programs, as well as the forces that are both driving and restricting acceleration. And so we've been managing ESG assets for our clients for more than 30 years. You know, so that gives us a, a really good foundation uh, to build off of and understand um, what our clients' concerns are and what their objectives are. But we really wanted to look more broadly and really get to the point of. You know, what's front of mind for them, uh, to help us better serve them and also just to inform our own practice and our own strategy. And I would say at the, the top level, the survey has confirmed that awareness of ESG investing among institutional investors is definitely high. Um, and interestingly, it's driven mainly by a belief in its potential to deliver long-term commercial benefits or investment returns to put it a different way. Um, but at the same time, there's a range of factors driving awareness and momentum, and there are some challenges. So, uh, we wanted to really understand what they are and create uh, uh, opportunities and, and tools to help uh, empower investors to capitalize on the potential long-term benefits of ESG integration and to align, you know, their ESG aspirations with action. Right. That's that was really the the main objective here of the survey. So create a lot of rich information for us.
0: Could you detail some of this, uh, the key findings for us?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I think right off the top, uh, the main finding is that um, this broad adoption that we found uh, is really driven by performance beliefs. And so what do we mean by broad adoption? Well, Of the 475 respondents, uh, most institutions, 80% of them, already have ESG as a component of part of their investment strategy. Yeah, so that's that was really encouraging. Um, but what's also more interesting underneath that uh, is where we get to the performance motivation is that more than two-thirds of the investors say that integrating ESG into their investment process, their investment strategy, has actually significantly improved returns. And an equal number, so a large majority, nearly 70%, said that pursuing an ESG strategy has helped with managing volatility. So this is really reinforcing because it, it means that investors increasingly are taking a, what we say a no compromise approach to their ESG investment program, which is means that they had the same ex- performance expectations for ESG as they do for their other investments. And their experiences lived up to their expectations, which is encouraging. Um, but within that, we do see what we're calling some missing depth, uh, meaning that the depth of ESG exposure within most portfolios still remains pretty low. And you know, only about 17% of the respondents had more than half of their portfolio assets uh, with ESG inside of it. So there's still a lot of room to go. That that would be one. Um, on the challenges side, um, you know clearly, we found that benchmarking uh, is 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 a pretty significant challenge for investors where over half of respondents said that they they frankly find it difficult to benchmark performance against peers, so other investors um, but also it's hard for them to accurately assess how well their external managers are doing like us um, so it's a little bit of what are we measuring for and then how do we actually get good measures of that performance and you know, you, you, you may have, uh, you may be familiar with this yourself, but there's a lot of confusion around what exactly ESG constitutes, right? So there's terminology confusion, uh, which is inhibiting some up, uptake, lack of clarity around terminology within organizations and also in the market, which makes it difficult to get aligned, aligned. And there's still some concerns around data quality and data availability, you know, broader performance measures, um, and other internal capabilities and costs. Um, that can vary, you know according to where different investors are. So those were some of the the really the really big findings there.
0: So with regard to the uh, adoption uh, driven performance, you actually uh, kind of went into a, a deep dive in how this is moving into the mainstream and the different approaches by some of your uh, investors. Uh, so i was just wondering if you could uh, highlight some of the approaches you've seen and where that might lead uh, either yourself or SSGA to, to recommend uh, that institutional investors at least consider an approach.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think that fundamentally, um, you know, while our survey found that, you know, there is a um, a really high degree of uh, belief in the, the performance benefits from a uh, bringing in an ESG lens into an investment process. Um, you know, there, there, there's, there's still a little, um, you know, opacity, if you will, uh, around what that exactly means and how it fits with their objectives. So, um, some of the main approaches we have, we have seen, uh, really have started from a position of, you know, thinking of ESG as a lens to, um, align a portfolio with your organizational mission or your values. And some of your listeners might know that this really uh, harkens back to some of the earlier um, uh, iterations of ESG investing, so more socially responsible investing. We find that that's still alive and well, but really the sort of the big pivot, the big aha we're seeing, you know, is that we can actually potentially improve investment outcomes in the risk return sense of the word, from from using ESG. So what the, what does that mean, right? That really means that, um, and why would investor want to do that? It's it's really means that we think that ESG uh, captures information about investments that's not readily available on on a balance sheet or an income statement. So what that means is it provides investors with a more, more complete picture. You know, research shows that ESG factors are also increasingly important when managing assets for the long term. You know, so I think the argument is pretty straightforward. You know, ESG represents risks and opportunities that might be overlooked by a typical investment process, which is relying, you know, nearly exclusively on financial metrics. So in this way, ESG is another input into an investment process to really complement the existing financial rigor. So that's that's the main um uh, recommendation that um, that we're bringing to our clients is that uh, done right uh, to really deliver against those expectations that we talked about earlier in terms of performance benefits and, and volatility, ESG should really be integrated more deeply, especially when we think about how many, how many investors in the survey said that they're satisfied, uh, that it's been helpful to returns, but still it's a minority of the investment portfolio. So that tells us that we think investors are not capturing the full benefits, and so we really think that this should be uh, scaled across on investors' um, a portfolio more broadly in a more integrated way.
0: And I really appreciated uh, in uh, your point on ambition to action with the evolving ESG culture you really talked about the importance of education and the importance of stakeholders having those types of conversations uh with boards or with the appropriate uh, decision makers at the, at the companies to really communicate that benefit is that a conversation that either uh companies are are more willing to hear or these types of conversations are more ongoing than than before
1: there's no doubt about that Um, that, that is one thing that, that also came through in, in the survey is that, um, a lot of investors, you know, nearly 80% of them recognize the value of engaging with companies in which they invest. Um, but there's a sense that some of them may be trying to do too much with too few resources. You know, that is a very intensive activity. Um, and and that's something that we really think that investors, um, you know, ought to think about how they can, um, you know, partner with their investment manager to do that or partner with other investors to do that. You know, for our own, um, for our own business, um, you know, we, we absolutely think that, um, uh, especially now, right, in a, in a age of really rapid technological change, um, and also in, a, in an age of the pro-sustainability consumer, that companies really need to articulate their strategies around good corporate governance in areas like talent development or innovation and sustainability because it really helps them remain viable and competitive and maintain credibility among investors. And the good news is that more and more companies already understand this. And so not only do we find that more of the companies in which we invest on behalf of our clients are willing to have that conversation and very interested in what we have to say because we are a very long-term investor uh, by virtue in particular of most of our assets being invested in index strategies. So we own a great deal of companies for the very long-term. Companies are very willing to have that conversation and often you know, they're now doing outreach on their sustainability strategy and coming to us, coming to other investors and seeking that kind of partnership, you know, that that is absolutely something that um, we've seen happen and unfold and we expect to happen. And we think that that's, that's good for companies and that's good for investors.
0: So I wanted to ask you specifically about the ESG partnerships because I was very fascinated by that. Did I understand that the partnership could include a group of investors or multiple investors working together with someone like SSGA to talk to a group of companies, or is it something different?
1: No, it could very much um, mean that. Um, you know, if, so if you think about there are already, um, many of your investors may know this, there are already a number of industry organizations where um, corporate governance um, or ESG more broadly is really a central part of that, that, um, that mission uh, and that objective. And so I'm thinking of entities um, like the principles of responsible investment, which is a UN supportive initiative, which is a framework for uh, investors to incorporate ESG into their investment thinking of which this kind of engagement activity. Um, so proxy voting and engagement with issuers is a uh, foundational principle of that. I'm also thinking of entities like, for example, the Council for Institutional Investors, which are bringing investors together and also um, unifying that voice with issuers, with investee companies. And we also, yes, we we do um, talk to our clients very often. More of our clients are interested in um, how we express our view um, on a company's performance and strategy, um, uh, on their behalf. And often they will come to us with, um, an idea or a topic that when they want to discuss. So we're very happy to talk to them. I would also say that another example is, um, you know, we were one of the the founding uh, members of something called the investor stewardship group, uh, earlier this year, which brought together uh, a group of, uh, of, of investors to really um align around a set of common sense uh, corporate governance principles um as a form of a corporate governance code for US investors. And we really think that whilst there's been a great deal of you know activity in general around uh corporate governance and that um dialogue and that interaction between the owners of the company um and the companies themselves, there's still need for more alignment. And that's what we were getting at with that partnership structure. I think, you know, there's there's multiple pathways uh, for, for that to happen. But we do think that that's a way to get, to get more clarity and to get, um, you know, from and make that pivot from aspiration to action.
0: I really like that phrase, from aspiration to action, because that's really... Uh, in, in many business scenarios, it's all about execution, and that's where the rubber hits the road, and that's what you just described is it's a great plan, but how do you execute on the plan? And you've laid out for us three or four steps that an individual, a institution, or a company can take to, to really execute on the plan you've laid out for us.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, we would agree, um, and we would also say that you know, this is important to do um, not just for Um, you know, the performance benefits of it, you know, from an investment point of view. uh, But also, you know, I would agree with some of your your opening comments that, you know, if if we can also in the process foster a longer term mindset um, and, you know, create better investment practices, uh, both, you know, within companies and on the hands of investors, then I think we can get a little bit closer towards true sustainability and a sustainable economy. And that means financially, but also environmentally and socially as well. Right. And we think that that's in the best interest of investors. And that's what we're working for.
0: Well, Chris, this has just been a, a fascinating uh, interview and podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to visit with me. I'm sure my listeners will be very interested in your thoughts. And frankly, I look forward to continuing the conversation.
1: Yeah, I do too as well. Thanks for having us more. And I'll say if uh, any of your listeners want to learn more about SSGA or State Street in, our, um, in general or around the survey, uh, it's on our website, ssga.com, or you can email us at, at esg at ssga.com. And I thank you for your time. It was great. Thank you.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. And I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you have any questions that uh, you'd like to post to me for a mailbag episode, please email them to me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the FCPA Compliance Report, the oldest compliance report in the compliance space. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you will join me again for the FCPA Compliance Report.